like if you got stuff to do, would you rather train your VA in a third of the time and have them give you feedback of what's working and what's not? Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Dave Homiak. Dave, how are you doing today? Great. How are you, Todd? Man, I'm doing well. Excited to have you on the show. Um, you were telling me before you listened to me on the Bigger Pockets podcast, which is in 2017. So, and I think I'm pretty sure we had a phone call, if I recall right. I think you reached out mm-hmm. to me. We had a, a phone call. Um, and so we've kind of known each other since then, uh, got to meet in person, I think for the first time last year. Um, and then, uh, Park City. anyways, yeah, Park City. So a little bit about Dave, uh, this is, this is fun. And I want to dive into this at 52 years old, you finally said, I'm going to start, <laughs> I got to start buying some real estate. <laughs> You've been wanting to buy for uh, a few years <laughs> before that, right. since you're like 16, uh, but you know, you hadn't done it. And finally you said, I'm going to do this, replace my engineering income with real estate in two years or less. And, uh, you started buying short-term rentals, uh, bought three cabins and, and continue to kind of move that direction. I don't want to, I don't want to tell the whole story because I think it's going to be way more interesting with you. So Dave, with that said, uh, tell our listeners more about your background and then we'll dive into kind of just getting started and, and why you didn't get started earlier and all that kind of fun stuff. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. So basically I'm an engineer. I've worked for a bunch of car companies, Chrysler, General Motors, Detroit Diesel, Rolls Royce, did engine calibration for a living. I always had kind of fear of the unknown though. So I knew real estate, you know, I read a book at 16. It was my dad's book, uh, how to buy apartment buildings and make money. He actually bought an apartment building, had it for a while and to spend more time with the family, decided to sell the apartment building. Kind of wish he would have held on to it, uh, from 40 some years ago. Um, (laughs) but basically I, I knew that it was a great way to make money but I was always afraid of making a mistake and I always had that anxiety. So I actually got at least two places under contract at different points in my life, in my twenties, thirties, forties, and always chickened out at the end and threw it back Dude, inspection was wrong. Oh, I just, you know, whatever, uh, legitimate reasons to throw it back. But there was always some reason that just, Oh my, something that was probably easily fixable or negotiable that I, it, it allowed me to let my anxiety take over. And then um, basically it was always on my mind and I've always done other type of deal seeking activity. I was the kid that sold the, you know, the, you know, whatever popcorn door to door seeds, door to door. When I was a kid, had a paper route, had that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I I've sold a decent amount of football and basketball tickets the past 15 or 20 years, always kind of did that, but the whole property thing intimidated me that I wouldn't be able to come up with a solution. And finally, uh, like you mentioned, I decided at the beginning of 2018, in March of 2018, I was going to replace my engineering income with real estate. And I set the goal of doing it in two years or less. 
And what that looked like is I, I jumped on bigger pockets and I just started to read different forums and listen to different people. Uh, listen to a lot of bigger pockets podcast, I guess in 2017, I was interested in if that's when you were on bigger pockets. So I was still listening then. And basically I thought my original intention was to go into multifamily. And, but I said, I'm not sure if I can pull this off in two years or less. So the two years was as important of a goal as replacing my engineering income. Why, why and was, then I stumped- Why was two years a important goal? Was there a certain reason for that? I just kind of wanted out. And I, I mean, I didn't want to start on, you know, multifamily and it took five years. It was as important to do it in two. Um, I don't have a podcast yet, but my podcast, when it comes out several years from now, uh, will be called efficient or lazy with a question mark at the end. Right. So I'm always like, how can I make this faster, taller, stronger, easier? Mm. I'm, I will, front load a bunch of work or a bunch of uh, a bunch of effort into figuring out the easiest way forward with the path. And that's when I came across short-term rentals. Um, I didn't know that 60, 65% cash on cash was uncommon. I just started buying them after researching on bigger pockets where the best markets were. I came up with Scottsdale, uh, Scottsdale panhandle of Florida, which got hit with a hurricane the year after, which I'm really glad I didn't pick <laughs> that. Um, and, uh, and the Smokies and my, uh, my analysis method got significantly refined since those days. My analysis method was I'll call the agents in those markets that seem to be the short-term rental experts and see how many people bought from them. Mm-hmm. And so I, there wasn't a whole lot of, spreadsheets and pro formas and numbers and things like that. So I called the lady that seemed to be moving a bunch of stuff in the panhandle and she didn't return my call. So she was out. Then I called the guy in uh, Scottsdale and I said, how long have you been helping people with short-term rentals? And she, he said two years. And I said, how many people have bought them from you? And he said 13. And then I called the person in the smoky mountains. I said, how long have you been doing it? Two years. How many people bought from you? 77. So I said, well, there's at least 77 people that think that this is a really good market. They Hopefully they've done the research on the other markets. So it wasn't in-depth research like I currently do now with my team. So that's how I picked it and just time to go. But that that's an interesting way to do it. And I, it probably not necessarily wrong. I mean, maybe not perfect, right? Right. It's, it's definitely, definitely not perfect. <laughs> and we well, definitely didn't go down into what makes the most sense in that market either. Yeah, but um, you know, you could get yourself in trouble because it could be, hey, seventy-seven. Well, that means it's oversaturated, right? There's there's no opportunity left for for you because there's so many people that have already done it, and there's just. But mm-hmm. like you said, like seventy-seven people have have at least bought with this one person, so that means there's more. Right. But they but they believe in it, and there's a reason they believe in it because they're they're making money. If people are continuing to do it, that probably means it's not a bad place to go. Um. And so I understand why you would think that way. Maybe, like you said, there's there's more details you want to get into, but at least that that's right. a good, probably just, hey, quick uh, knee-jerk starting point. Like, yeah, this, this place could, this area could be good. Right. Um, so short-term rentals, 
I got a question, I guess I'm going to ask right now, and then we'll dive back into kind of the history there, but can you still make money buying them today? Like, is it still pretty profitable or are the margins really tight? The margins are significantly tighter. There's one market that I just bought in and I'll make a lot of money, but most markets are very challenging. So you, but, and, and what you're looking for, and you know, you'll appreciate this is what you're looking for is a market where everybody else is screwing up and you can come in and do it properly and you just stand out. So you'll make so much more money. Hmm. So what the, you know, what the short-term rental gurus are talking about now isn't, you know, go to the Smokies and buy, and here's your 50% cash on cash. It's go to wherever and then make your place super high end. And you have to stand out that way if you're willing to put in that effort. So it's way more effort. You can still make money, but there's like, you have to market. It isn't like you throw it on Airbnb with some cell phone pictures. Like I did it, you know, it isn't like, like the effort was nothing when I did it. It was literally buy it. And you, you know, I'd close on a Wednesday. I'd have the place rented out on the weekend because it came with all the furniture, the TV, the silverware, the drapes, like literally three days later, you're making money and it's 10% down and there's no furniture cost and there's no nothing cost. So it's the most amazing 10% down second home loans. That's how I got a lot of stuff. And three days later, I'm making money. And a lot of times I'm making more money right away than my payment is. So I still remember the third, the, I, I just want to briefly jump back to the first place I bought and yeah. the fear that I had on that. First place I bought, I think it was three, 315,000. It was 10% down. And the math actually kind of didn't work because it was being self-managed and it was being well, so self-managed. Was already a short-term rental. It would, it was a very poorly run short-term rental. Sure. So, so I will tell you what the pricing structure was. You and I will both laugh and all your listeners will go, oh my goodness, that's not the best strategy. They charge $225 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $275 a night, Friday and Saturday. This is year round. Hmm. Not So they had nobody there in January, mm-hmm. February, March. Mm-hmm. In their summers, they were giving away. Yeah. So yeah. when you're dealing with, here's their sheet, here's their 12-month profit and loss, it's like, I don't think this barely makes sense. And, you know, my agent's going, if you move the numbers around at all and charge more for 4th of July than 225 a night, you'll do fine. Yeah. I mean, it's the most visited national park, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of people that are running through that area. Right. So yeah, peak season. You got to Exactly. So basically- but I was like, I still don't know if it's going to work for sure because the numbers were so messed up. You, there, there were no numbers. There was no air DNA that you could rely on. There was like these really bad numbers. They made like 40 some a year. Hmm. Um, they did like 42 one year, 45 one year. And so when I bought it, I, I didn't, there's a lot of people buying there, but I didn't know if I would make money or not. And the the thought process I walk myself through, and I would encourage any listener that's trying to figure out whether they can do their first deal or not is, you know, if everything absolutely goes wrong and I never rent it out again, which I know I will, but if nobody ever rents it again and I just have to sell it having not rented it out at all, I'll probably lose like $30,000. So that's my downside. And my upside is financial independence and I retire. And I'm like, pretty good upside. Not that bad of a downside time to give it a go. 
And I instantly, and I think that first year I made like 65,000 with that place just by jiggling. And I did not optimize the pricing at all. I just jiggled it around by hand, but it went that much better. And that had me buy my second property two months later than my third property two months, two or three months after that. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, getting, getting over the fear. I mean, it, look, you read your first book, you're 16, you're, you're ready to roll. <laughs> you you want to start buying rental properties, uh, and then you didn't buy anything till you're 52. How, how <laughs> was it just you're just so tired of the job that you said I have to do this? I can't or, or what like take me through that process. Was, was there a light bulb? <laughs> like what happened? No, fair, fair question. Absolutely. So I had I had one of the best jobs in the world. I did engine calibration. So what that means is. They give you a car that's going to come out next year. They give you a computer and you connect it to the car's computer that's running it and you make the thing run really smooth or you run diagnostics. I mean, I've calibrated like cruise control, some other diagnostics to make sure if parts start to go bad on the car. We flag it and set the check engine light, stuff like that. So, I mean, and they're sending you to like Death Valley for hot weather testing. They're sending you into the Rockies for high altitude testing. I mean- mm. And they're flying, you know, they're shipping the cars, they're flying you out. You're in these brand new cars all the time. So it's like, and it's a fun job. It's a really challenging, entertaining job. And I got really good at it and I could do it in not eight hours a day. Um, but yeah, so I ended up getting uh, inspired by a, a supervisor that I didn't see eye to eye with, right? And, and she decided that I was... Uh, a suboptimal employee and I didn't feel that way about myself. And I'm just like, okay, time to, time to part ways. This will be the yeah. easiest way to part. I mean, I could have switched to a different company or even just switched into a different division, but just decided I, I was pretty sure I could do the real estate thing. And I'm really glad I did. So it's just that. And, and, and then it, had you been reading a lot of books throughout or, like, did you, so, you know, you mentioned this when you were 16, you, you know, you're interested in it. Did the interest kind of just get put to the side because the career was going well and you enjoyed it or were you always wanting to buy? It, it was more, I read it and I said, well, I'm going to go to college. I'll buy after college. And then after college, it's like, I just want to get out of the college debt. And then I got married. And then it was, then we started to have kids and it's like, man, there's all this stuff going on. And I completely didn't get, you need to buy stuff that you can pay somebody to fix. I was like, my dad, you know, he went to the, he went to that apartment he owned yeah. and I'm like, I don't want to be running around fixing all this stuff all the time. Yeah. That's all the guys that I was surrounded with. That's how they did it. Nobody did it where you get bringing in a crew and do it. That just wasn't the people I was hanging out with. And now you and I are part of an organization where nobody, nobody does it themselves. Everybody farms it out. And uh, it's like when you surround yourself with those guys, then you learn that they can, you can actually do it. So, I mean, I'd even heard of a bunch of people that made a bunch of money doing different things in real estate, but I just never met them. And when they're, when they surround you, it's so much easier. Yeah. that That's huge. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with people that are doing like 
I, the vast majority of people that own real estate are doing what your dad did, right? That's the mm-hmm. vast majority of people that, that right. they, they own the duplex, they own the small apartment building, whatever it is. And they're there grinding and mm-hmm. they're the maintenance guy. They're running around. I mean, I can't remember. Uh, there's so many older guys that I met that, that are, you know, property owners and they're the maintenance guy. They're right. the showing agent They're And most of the time it's that fear of, well, if I give this to somebody else, they're not going to do as good of a job as I am. Right. I totally know that fear too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe they aren't, but you can also go a lot farther. So even if they don't do quite as good of a job, as long as they're being managed properly from the front end, man, instead of having one, you can have 20. Right. Right. And absolutely. And my personal bar for that is, if I can give stuff away and I can get 90% of the money back because it isn't optimized according to my brain, you know, or the way I would do it, I just give it away. Yeah. And there's probably been, there's, there's, there's two situations where, uh, that didn't go well, but there's like hundreds of situations where it did go fine. So it isn't like 90% can never drop below 90 ever. It's like, just that's my personal bar to hand it off and let me do other things that I'm better at. Right. Because Dave, I mean, you could sit here on the one property, the first one that you bought and you could have done all the work yourself and could can continue to this day, do all the work yourself and you'd make more money on that property. Mm-hmm. Right. But how many more properties would you own? Maybe. A couple, exactly. Maybe one, maybe two. <laughs> you, know, exactly. you wouldn't own what you own right now at all. Um, Let's talk about some of the systems that you have in place to be successful. Um, so, so with an Airbnb, if somebody wants to get in this, they they they're like, yeah, that this is something I've wanted to do. What do they What do they need to do? What do they need to do to even think about getting into it? And then once they think about getting, in, let's talk about you know how do they even work these things? Right. Yeah, working. So the the self management really isn't that much of a challenge. There's certainly a bunch of courses out there. Um, my thing, and and one of the things that I completely disagree, and I just hate 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 about uh, Bigger Pockets podcast is that stupid ninety day challenge. We're gonna we need you to find a property in ninety days, and I'm like, you are gonna get a lot of people to hate real estate because they're gonna pick the wrong crap. Take your time on the analysis. Take a year, take two years if it's necessary. You do not want, I I have several friends that are like, real estate is evil. Let me tell you about this horrible property I bought. I lost so much money on it. And I'm like, oh, so you didn't, one, you didn't do research, research or two, and, and this is even bigger. If you don't want to do research, pay somebody to do research. I have, I have people that reach out to me that say, can you help me find the best short-term rentals? And I will pay you extra for that. And I don't like, I don't like doing that for the most part. So like, I don't want anybody calling me, yeah. asking me, um, <laughs> but uh, like I have had people do that and I add on a little fee and I, I will get you, you know, I will get you the best stuff. And in the Smoky Mountains, I have a team of BAs. We literally analyze every property that comes on the market in the Smoky Mountains. So when a client of mine comes to me and says, what should I buy? I'm like, what's your price range? And, you know, basically I built out a Google, a Google sheet. Um, my VAs put in numbers, uh, math happens and 
5% of the properties turn green and 95% turn red. And then I go in and on the green ones that, that have the best returns, I go in and double check the numbers on those. But when I hand you a property, it will, you know, I can't tell you what percent, you know, what percent cash on cash is going to be because I don't control the interest rates. I don't control how you're going to manage. But I can tell you, you have mitigated like a serious amount of risk if you pick the properties that I pick for you. Yeah. And if you can pick the properties then pick them. If you can't do an honest assessment and don't pick garbage and waste your time, there's there's a mastermind that I'm in that is basically like, can this property break even? And I'm like, that's the stupidest metric I've ever heard of. I'm like, why, right. why, why are we wasting our time on it? And I like, I quit going after I paid my money. I'm like, I am not interested in breaking even. I want the best, the best of the best in the best markets. And I'll pay. And if I, the other, the other really messed up thing is, well, I visit, you know, Tallahassee quite a bit. I want to Airbnb in Tallahassee so that when I go there, I can stay for free. And I'm like, I want an Airbnb where I can make stupid money and I can pay cash any place else I want to go. It's the same amount of work to manage point. Tallahassee as the one that throws off crazy money. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And, and I've, I've thought of that a lot. Like I would like to that'd be fun to own an Airbnb in the mountains or in wherever, because mm -hmm. I, I want to go there. Right. But you're, you make a really good point. Well, why don't you just buy the Airbnb or not Airbnb short-term rental, Buy why don't you buy the short-term rental in a place that you can make a ton of money exactly. and then go where you want to go vacation where exactly. you want to go and just pick cash for it. Cause you're going to, you're probably making more money. You know, think about it. If you're, if you're making Whatever, if you're renting that thing for 500 bucks that night and you're paying 350 where you want a vacation, you know, hello, like you're making more money. <laughs> what are you doing? Right. And if, and if you are making five, paying five or charging 500 bucks a night and then you go and you stay there for free, you just lost out on the money. So it's, you're still a lot. It's exactly. Like you're, staying for you're staying there. Exactly. For, like, you're, you're getting charged for it still. So. Yeah. And bottom line is sense. if you can buy in the Smokies for cheap or any mountain range for cheap and you can make money, then buy. I, I'm not I'm not opposed to buying in the market where you want to visit. Yeah. I'm vastly opposed to making sure that that isn't optimized. And if you can optimize someplace else, why go to that place and make, you know, you, you for the same amount of money, you can net 20,000 in that market and you can net 50,000 in another market. Right. Like just the, the numbers are huge when you start shifting regions, when you start shifting areas. What are three, maybe it's three, maybe it's five, but what are the three most important things to look at when you're analyzing, you know, the market, the property, et cetera? So I think there are generally markets that are better than others without a doubt. The, it wasn't a mistake that I made because I didn't know any better. I'd have to know better to make it a mistake. Uh, but when I got into the Smokies, I ended up by random. So what for whatever reason, I felt comfortable spending something that started with a three in the front. Okay. So I, you know, I 300,000 and it mm -hmm. wasn't like, if I spend, you know, 400,000, can I make double the profit? Like there was none of that analysis. 
And I happened to get a three bedroom, a four bedroom and a five bedroom. And the five bedroom made way more money than the four bedroom and the four bedroom made, made way more money than the three bedroom. Hmm. And I said, oh, I know. Let's sell this three bedroom that's gone up in value in 1031 into an eight bedroom. Hmm. So when you find an area that's doing well, there's also going to be a subset in that area that does even better. So don't buy, you know, I, there's one of the posts that causes me physical pain is this one guy said, I'm making good profits on two bedrooms and I'm just buying more two bedrooms because I know I can make profits. And it's like, have you looked at anything else? And I, I'm just always curious. I run a ton of experiments in my life with my other businesses. I'm like, I'm willing to try this. And if it makes more money, great. And if it loses money, I know not to do that again. And I know what I'm doing is fine. So, you know, the biggest thing is find the right area, but then find the sub market in the area. So for example, Smoky Mountains, if you had five bedrooms before, it was really rare and you could charge a premium one, two, you know, if, you know, basically, you know, honeymoon cabins, one, two, three, four bedrooms, uh, dime a dozen, you're competing on price. You get to five bedroom. It was a lot easier to make money. And then everybody came in because you could actually build in the Smokies cheaper than you could buy. They just, you had to wait a while to get it done because everybody and their brother was building and then everybody built out five bedrooms because that was a sweet point. So right now in the Smokies, six bedroom, you 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 need to be buying six bedroom or up if you're going to go to the Smokies, if you want to deploy wow. money. Interesting. So yeah, you got to really get to know what's going on in the market. So the market, getting to understand and, and know what's popular, what else are you looking at? The other, The other several things I'm looking at is if a place is a vacation market, it's going to come with all the furniture. So you buy something in the panhandle, you buy something in the Smokies, you're actually signing two contracts. You're signing a purchase agreement and you're also signing a bill of sale to buy the entire contents of the cabin for $1. Guess what? If the cabin looks really good, you just got a great deal for a buck. If it's all garbage and uh, it'll still rent out, right? But it's like, if the stuff is really good, None of that is getting baked into the appraisal. So you can do really well to be patient to get something that mm. is newly remodeled with new furniture. That's just going to save you a lot of headaches. And then the third one is the same as any real estate class. Is it Was it built in the last five years? Was it built in the last 10 years? You know, If it's 15 or 20 years, your air conditioners are all going to give out it <laughs> typically at the same time. You're going to have a lot of bills coming due. Yeah. Yeah. So are you only buying newer built? No, I buy stuff I can make a lot of money on. <laughs> I, I'm right. That's been, that's been my theme, right? I'm like, I, I'll I can deal with an air if I'm making, you know, the 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 least profit I will consider on a place is three thousand a month. If it won't make me three thousand a month, I'm not buying it. And most of my places make more than that. So I'm like, if an air conditioner goes out, I'll have it paid for in three months. I don't really have a, I I, I kind of have some money in the bank, but I mean, there isn't any CapEx fund or anything like that. Like, you, you know, the, the apartment people have, it's just like, I'll just pay for it with profits. Yep. Yep. All right. So, um, and you're, you're also a, a representing you. So you're a realtor, right? And you're, you're selling these too. So if somebody's like, Hey, I want to, 
I want to buy something in the Smokies. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm licensed in Tennessee and, and Michigan. I've, I refer people to other states as well, and I do analysis in other states as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, talk about the VA company that you got. Yeah, so the VA company. So I, I have a VA company. It completely started by accident. It was like, I, it, it's almost embarrassing uh, how little... Um, how little awareness I had of the fact that I had a company and I didn't even know it. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brent Fluelling mentioned it to me. He's like, do you do realize you have a VA company, don't you? So the story is um, 13. Well, the story is I wanted to do deep analysis on every property that was showing up in the Smokies. I signed up with a company, another VA company that the person that I was supposed to meet with their mom got ill and they had to cancel the appointment. And I said, you know what? It, it can't be that hard. I'm going to go on onlinejobs.ph, which is where all the VAs hang out that are looking for jobs and I'm going to get one. So I wrote up my ad. I put it on there. 40 people applied. I'm like, holy crap, I can't figure this. I, I, there's no way. I, I don't know much, but I know I can't figure out which of these 40 is the best. And then a friend of mine posted on Facebook that he had two absolute rock star VAs with over 10 years experience. His business model was changing with somebody like one. So I hired my first VA uh, 13 months ago and she was absolutely amazing. And, you know, the first thing she said is, you know, what time zone are you in? I said, Eastern. She says, I'm planning on working you for, for you from, uh, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. your time, unless you think I'll be more efficient or effective by shifting my hours one way or the other. I'm like, well, this is a pretty good start because I didn't know whether I was going to have to give her work and should do it at, during the night for me because that's daytime for her. And then the second thing she said is, you know, what do you need help with? And I said, well, my email is really messed up. It's a, it's horrible. You know, I think I need to do this, this, and this. And she said, and she's very gentle with me. She's like my wife. And she's like, well, we could do those three things or we could do these other five things. And then she makes this other list and she goes, but if you want to do those three things, that's fine. No, Jess, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> We're going to do it. What the, you know, what your 10 years experience is. And, and so I ended up getting really excited and I'm having lunch with a couple guys and I like, this is the most amazing thing. And I'm going to some events. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing. And they're like, do you think she can get me one like that? And I go, I have no idea. Let me ask her. And I ask her and she goes, yeah, I should be able to do that. And so I would get these guys, virtual assistants that had experience and were really dialed in. And at the end of the conversation, the first three times was the same. Hey, what do I owe you? I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. We're good. And this one guy had listened, was having lunch with us and said, you do realize you have a virtual assistant placement company, don't you? And I go, no, I don't. I, I truly didn't. <laughs> and so he was the guy that got me to real, I didn't know. And so then I started to... Um, charge a fee to find them and people were paying the fee gladly and raving and the one thing i really like about my company is there's been no advertising but for every va we place we get two referrals so it keeps growing and growing and growing because the value is just so outrageous so most people in my opinion do vas wrong they go for the cheap va that they're trying to train and if you're like in your 20s and you don't have any money like that's a great plan yeah. But like, if you got stuff to do, would you rather train your VA in a third of the time and have them give you feedback of what's working and what's not? And do you, do you realize this thing over here is better, you know, and that's who we supply VAs to. If you're, if you want the cheapest VA, don't call us. 
if you want any, you know, if, if you're willing to make your life easier, um, we can help you. So with a, with a cheap VA, you know, you can get those for, I mean, five bucks an hour. Exactly. Glass, you know. Or 50, five an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. You can get them. <laughs> um, what's a experienced VA? What, what is something like that? Someone like that cost versus the, you know, the cheap VA. Right. And, and, and I'll tell you that in just a second, one of my clients came to me and said, why should I get a VA from you? I've had five VAs and I've had to fire them all. <laughs> and I said, how much time did you spend training five VAs and having to fire them? That sounds like a lot of time, work. right? So that's, you know, that's what you're, it, it's just like, oh my goodness. And a lot of people, you know, like the, like the people that are doing the, doing the maintenance on their properties, they're, they value their time at zero and they don't realize that their time is much more valuable analyzing deals and buying bigger stuff and then getting other people right. that that's all they can do to do it. So bottom line is that our company, the prices range between 11 and $15 an hour and no finders fee 11. You're getting an executive assistant, um, like 12, well, probably like 12, you're getting social media manager that can do search engine optimizations, 12 or 13. And also at that same price point, you're getting a bookkeeper with five years experience in QuickBooks minimum. So any VA that we talk to has at least five years experience. Hmm. And then for 15 an hour, and this is what I recommend to most of the entrepreneurs, you're getting somebody that's managed a team of people in the past and has five years experience. So for example, uh, Todd, right now I employ seven VAs personally, well, some are on my, some are my VA company, but there's two VAs that I talk to for the most part. I have the, the, the head of my cold calling team and I have the head of my, my executive assistant and the person that runs my VA team. And she trains the other VAs in the, and if you're, and, and quite honestly, if anybody has any VAs and they're not interested and, and they just want to see what a rock star is, like, just go to the website, go to the rockstarvas.com, just click the button and, and you can even say, I don't want to hire somebody. I just want to talk to a rock star. You'll talk to my rock star and you'll see how your person compares and most people switch. But one of the super fascinating conversations, it's actually, it was a text that was going on as the company was growing fairly rapidly and, and just texts me, I'm in a meeting. Uh, Jessica is my rock star that that kind of is the the head of the company and she texts me i'm i'm able to keep up with the client uh interviews but i'm getting overwhelmed with the interviewing the vas and we already know 40 people are applying for a typical job that we post and i say what do you need and she said we need to hire a person to interview vas only and i say okay do you have somebody in mind and she says yes and I said, Do you, what's her name? And she tells me, I said, what are we paying them an hour? And she tells me, and I said, how many hours a day are they working? And she said six to begin with, but she'll go full-time in a little bit. And I go done. So three minutes later, I have a VA hired. I, and you know, what's the quality? I don't, I, it doesn't matter. Jess knows that she can get this person to do what needs to be done. That's the type of people that, you know, I think people think of VAs as more like menial tasks, not like rock stars. One of the people we have is 
she was an RN and she can make more money working for us. She does VA screening for us and she makes more money with us than she does as an RN. So these are really intelligent, dedicated attention to detail people, but those aren't the people you get for the four fifty or $5 an hour. Right. Right. But in the, certainly they're going to cost you more, but the, the, you go back to the story with the guy that fired, hired and fired five VAs. Right. And right. yeah, they're going to cost you more per hour, but are they going to really cost you more in the end? And how much brain damage are they going to save you? I mean, that's what, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to save your time, your brain damage, right. trying to grow and expand your company. And if you, that's what you're willing, that's what you're looking to truly do, then hire the right person. It's always about hiring the right person for the job, not the cheapest person for the job. You can go right. out and you can find cheap people all, all over the place that just have no experience and don't care and, you know, whatever. But is that really what you want in your company? Is that the culture you want to build in your company? Exactly. Like, I want to build a really solid culture with people that really care about what they're doing and are willing to put in the time and effort, have some experience, give us some ideas, you know, can grow our business. Like that's what you're looking for. So I agree paying the 12 to 15 bucks an hour, man, if the, if that means you're getting way higher quality, way more experience, uh, that, that is completely worth it. Firing people sucks. Hiring people. sucks. Oh, totally. Like, I, totally. I, I want to hire once and have them for a long time. Right. Yeah, the other the other objection that I address with some clients is, but I don't think I have work, and and we have them full time and half time, uh, the VAs, and then we actually have social media people and bookkeeping that you can pay for by the hour. But a lot of time on the full time and half time for the executive assistant, they'll say I don't have enough work for the person, and so the conversation I typically have with them is, well, what's your time worth per hour? So if your times, if you're making one hundred dollars an hour now. If you have that VA do one hour worth of stuff for you, you've now broken even. And if they do anything else, the extra four, seven hours, whatever, you're now money ahead. And yeah. it just frees up so much bandwidth to to think about, you know, to, to concentrate on the areas that you're really good and where you actually make your money. You're not dealing with this detailed stuff. And, you know, the other, the other concern that people have is um, what about the financial stuff? And that is absolutely something that, you know, would you trust, would you give the guy a credit card that shows up at your place that you hire in person directly? And the answer would, my answer would be no, if I didn't know them well, right? So the bottom line is it took about three or four months before I needed something purchased. And I'm like, just here's my credit card. So three or four months later, my, my VA got my credit card and it was about, probably a little bit less than a year in that she started to get bank account information. She actually runs payroll for my company now. Um, but those are things that it just, it takes time. It's the same as it would in person, just but you'll develop a relationship with them as yep. well. Yep. Got to get, got to get to know them, got to get to trust them. It, and it can probably be a little harder when they're not in your office. Exactly. You know, you don't get It'll to take a little day to day, but I've had uh, people that have had control of the books steal money and they're in the office. So it doesn't matter right. if they're a virtual assistant or sitting right in front right. of you, and they still can steal money. Right. And my, you know, my friend that works in human resources, I was talking with him a little bit when I turned over the the payroll thing and he said, it's pretty easy. You 
only leave enough money in the account to cover the payroll. You don't mm -hmm. leave, you know, you don't give them the account with all the money in it. You're like, yep, there's enough here to do what you need to do. And maybe there's a hundred or 200 extra to, you know, make sure that nothing, there isn't some rounding error or something, but yeah. you know, there are some checks and balances you can put in. Yeah. I, I feel comfortable with it. True. Man. Uh, well, good stuff. I love that you found a company you didn't even know you had. Uh, had no mag idea. Magically found the company. But that's <laughs> the thing is you got to look, you've got opportunities. A lot of us have opportunities like that, that we just don't, we're not even, we're not even understanding. We've got something that has some value to it. We could have an affiliate. We could have, uh, we, we, we got referrals that we're making all the time. Like monetize it. If people, it, if it's a valuable service that people want and people are cons right. consistently asking you for referrals it's a valuable service start charging for it create a real service and then create even better value now you're creating better value even though you're charging for it and people are paying you to do it you're you're creating a better value because you're actually spending a lot more well maybe not you but it, the the company is spending a lot more time on actually truly doing the job we're being asked to do right so right. now it's even better for the people that are coming to you, even though they got to pay for it. So, right. Um, well, Dave, uh, this has been good. I want to ask you a couple last questions before we wrap up. What's a favorite book you can recommend to our listeners? Um, the, the current one that I'm completely blown away by that I think will help the most people is Jason Dries's latest book. And there's just a lot of positive affirmation in there. I think a lot of people sell themselves short. I certainly did my entire life. I had the fear thing going. Um, and boy, if I knew what the title of that was, that would be really good. <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing I'm sorry, me. Jason. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look it up on my cell phone. And what, as I answer the other questions, I feel bad. I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm reading that made. now. It's just amazing. Uh, and it, it's, it's one of those things that I'm very big on surrounding myself with people do the do the impossible highly recommended um i've started to surround myself you and i are both part of go abundance and i've started to surround myself with a lot of guys that get a lot of stuff done and when everybody's getting stuff done that's just the norm it's, yeah you buy this and you make money and you this is how you analyze it and if you have any problems these guys are around and i just think um one of my one of my favorite quotes is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Right. And and that's actually, uh, it's by Pitbull, a rapper, but uh, sounded more, <laughs> <laughs> sounded more deep than that, but that's who said it. Um, but basically it's, you know, what are you, who are you surrounding yourself with and, and do the impossible really covers a lot of the mindset stuff. And even the guys, a decent amount of guys in go abundance, even though they're successful in a lot of ways, still have mindset, issues of you know i don't know you know i think so. we all do i, th I think yeah. no matter how successful you are you still have you still have limited beliefs you still have doubts you're just a human i mean that's just how it is you got to get over it and i think there's some people that are better at working through those limited beliefs mm -hmm. than others and there's people that are constantly working on themselves and and so they can get through that but I don't think there's ever a time where you're probably going to get rid of all those, all those living right. beliefs. Um, yeah. One of the things that I heard recently that like when people say stuff that like, I think I would never hear ever in my life. And this guy I know said, I'm planning on, 
I'm planning on giving $250 million to charity in my lifetime. And that's beautiful. Like I, it would have never occurred to me to, to, to think that I could even earn 250 million to give away 250 million. This guy's like, yeah, that's my goal. And I'm like, and he's not like, I know him. He's a great guy, but he's not like a special guy. He's special in that he figures stuff out and sets big, crazy goals. That's awesome. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to surround yourself with people like that. And it yeah. just makes you rethink, maybe I'm not even started, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you and right. I are both just getting started, right? Yeah, maybe hundred percent. You know, you, there's always a, a a different level you can play at. Um, you know, still have the life you want, but but do things for others. You know, giving away two hundred fifty thousand or two hundred fifty million dollars. I mean, that's that's a that's yeah. an amazing that's an amazing goal. That's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. Um, what's a mistake that you've made? And how have you learned from it? mistake that I've made is I've been way too cheap where it's like I know I'll watch 87 YouTube videos to figure out how to do this when I could have you know taken a course paid a guy and it's like and 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 one of my favorite courses that I bought I actually didn't take the course but the disclaimers on the course were just ridiculous and it's absolutely all this information is out there you will most likely not take and finish this course. It was like the worst advertising ever. But he basically said, but I did put all this stuff together in a way that you will get through it in like a quarter of the time that you would if you dug around. And I'm like, I'm buying it just for the honesty. And again, I didn't take the course. But I just like, once you set your mind to something, then okay, time to go. Do you want to screw around with 87 YouTube videos and well, now it's outdated and whatever, or do you want the course? And do you want to surround yourself with the guys that are running the course and yeah. show up at their events? I'm like, I just, I can't even imagine where my life would be like, had I bothered to show up at an event 15 years ago and surround myself with those guys, right? So the very first thing I went to was in 2019. I didn't, I didn't have time when I was an engineer to go to any of that stuff. Yep. Um, and I go to a lot of stuff now and the people there are just, it's, you know, really fascinating group, not my typical group of friends that I was hanging out with before I switched. Right. <laughs> yeah. You you find that you get into some of those rooms. Well, it's the energy too, man. You get mm -hmm. into a room with hundred people, 200 people, even 20 people, whatever, but right. you get in that room with these people that have that energy. It's just, it's just contagious and it makes you so much, it just, you're, you're ready to conquer the world. You get done with that meeting and you get done with the group and you're like, I'm just ready to conquer the world because that's who you're surrounding yourself with. It, it, mm -hmm. it just feels so much different. So, um, all right. Last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? I think the first would be health. I've set a goal that I'm going to live to be 104. And I only set that within the last couple of months because I didn't even know that was a thing that you could set. Somebody told me you can set that. And I said, I'm going to set it. And then I said, well, I don't want this body to take me for the next 45, 50 years, right? So it's time to lose some weight, time to work out more, time to do whatever. So you got to be healthy to, to have anything happen in your life. And then- I would say the second is surrounding yourself with people that can help you where your weakness is. I partner with a ton of guys, you know, I, you know, if you're an expert in 
you know, I, I, I partnered with a cold calling guy. He runs the tech stack. We get a lot of stuff done. I provide the VAs. We get a lot of stuff done, but I, I don't know, you know, people are like, what tech stack do you use? I'm like, I have no idea. Um, so, you know, I, I'm big on, I'd much rather make 10 bucks with a bunch of guys than I need to make 100, but it all has to be me and I have to know it all. I just yeah, think that's that. really it really costs you a lot of money if you got to be the guy that makes the hundred because you're missing out on so many opportunities. Um, And then I would say the third is just make sure that you invest in the best stuff. Like I, I quit talking about the Smokies like late last spring, early summer when the interest rates went up. It just, it didn't make sense. So it's like, I'm not sending anybody into the Smokies. So if you came to me and you said, I want to buy there, I'd be like, okay. But if you said, Dave, should I buy there? I'd be like, I personally don't, you know, the margins are too tight. I can find you the best stuff. I can still find you the best stuff today, but it doesn't make sense. So I would say bounce your ideas off other people and bounce your ideas off other people that have a clue. Like if you're going to, don't tell 20 engineers, I'm going to buy some, cabins in the Smokies. They'll all tell you, are you crazy? Bounce it off guys that know real estate. And then, okay, no, this is a fair assessment. So how do you make sure that what you're doing, you're getting a fair assessment on so that going forward, you're not the guy that says real estate sucks. I hate it. I lost 20 grand. I'll never do it again. There's a plenty of guys doing it right. Hang out with those guys, pay for their time if necessary. Make sure your deal is going to work. That's how you make well. Yeah, a good good point with the you know like you can you can go ahead and ask your friends, your family, people you work with, <laughs> what do you think about this or this is what I'm doing. They probably most of them are going to tell you you're stupid. Some are going to tell you great, hey, that, that sounds awesome. When it is a terrible idea. If you right. bounce it off of those people who have no freaking clue whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, they just heard it somewhere too. Mm-hmm. you're going to get some random answer that you just don't even know what to do with. Right. It, it just doesn't mean anything. Oh, I, man. I thought my five friends said this was a great idea. Right. <laughs> I can't believe I'm losing money on this. Well, yeah. Cause your five friends, you know, are engineers and they have no clue what they're talking about. They, they're good at engineering, but they don't know this real estate thing. So, so yeah, get yourself, surround yourself with some people that are good and, and, knowledgeable and know what they're doing i think that's awesome. right my my flight attendant friend wanted to buy a condo in maui and do a short-term rental and she calls me and says should i buy it and i said yeah i asked her what the numbers were and she goes i've called so many people and everybody said no and i said what experience do they have right yeah and she's killing it and and the appreciation she's had is amazing so right you you don't ask the people that have no clue and that you shouldn't (laughs) respect their opinion you like you they're good at like if you is this girl good for you or something, but not good at like real estate analysis. Right. right. So, right. Love it. Well, Dave, uh, really appreciate the time. How can our listeners get in touch with you? The easiest way to get in touch with me quickly is I'm on Facebook, Dave Homiak. My daughter's poking her head around me. If you message me on there, I'll see it. That's the easiest way. Okay. I have a website, um, DaveHomiak.com, if you want to see the different businesses I'm involved in and a little bio information. the If you're interested in exploring what a Rockstar VA might look like and can interact with you know, Jess during the client screening call, that's therockstarvas.com. Um, 
those that that's easiest way and then we can go from there if we need to go more in depth with a zoom call or a phone call what have you love it Again, uh, Dave, really appreciate it. I've enjoyed talking about uh, the short-term rentals. It's starting when you're 52, uh, most people you know, think that's too late to start. Um, right. clearly, clearly not too late to start. I get, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, man, I'm, so, I'm just too old. And they're like 36, 38 years old. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. it's serious. I think that I think a lot of people think they're too old, too young, whatever it might be. They have these limiting beliefs, but it's it's awesome talking to somebody that started, you know, when they were 52 years old, where a lot of people are thinking about, oh, when am I going to retire? Right. And you're going, right. what's my next chapter? Right. I got to I got to do this. And um, but yeah, it's been great, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. And uh, really glad you had awesome. me on. I'm glad you helped inspire me in 2017 when I listened to you <laughs> on Bigger Pockets. That was amazing. I love it. Love it. I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could do that. You know, you you go on to so many podcasts and, and you you talk at conferences and all this kind of stuff. You're just hoping that some people are listening. <laughs> yeah, like, I absolutely listen I, to you. That's one of the ones that's very vivid in my mind. If one person listens and one, but you can somehow affect some one person and it's all worth it. Right. That's, that's what, it's, yeah. that's what it's all about. So really cool. And appreciate you coming on here. I know you're going to motivate some people as well. Uh, somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to go, man, this is exactly what I needed today. So take one thing from this show, really uh, apply it to your life and figure out, you know, how can that make you a little bit better every single day? So Dave, again, appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on, Todd. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.